It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network as EP. Lax Class 193 is now in progress. Thanks for joining us. Jake Elliott, Tino Farah with you once again. And another week means another podcast. Lots to talk about. Tino's back in the co-host chair. Tino, I know uh, you're still recovering from a little surgery. I don't know if you want to let the people in on what's going on there, but welcome back to Lax Class. How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, thank you. I hope you had a good a good week off without me. It was a good episode. Um, yeah, no, I'm feeling okay. Just, I don't really care. It was hernia surgery. It was my second one. Like, I've I've dealt with it before. But now what's up with that? Why are you getting hernias at, like, I have no idea. Whatever, yeah. I don't even know how they happen. Honestly, like, I'm the most uneducated idiot in the world. I don't even know how <laughs> they happen. But this is my second one. Um, and, yeah, like, the recovery is going, like, pretty much as I thought it would be to this point. Like, I was telling you off air, like, I was able last night or yesterday afternoon, which was Sunday, I was able to walk to the end of the driveway and back under my own power, which is really, which is awesome. But, of, of course, like, I've been in bed for the past, like, seven days, so my back is so sore anytime I stand up for more than 30 seconds. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty humiliating week needing help to do literally everything, but, uh, shout out to my girlfriend, Jen. She's been helping me the entire way. Nice work, Jen. <clears throat> well, listen, man, uh, coming from a guy that just, you know, got hip replacement surgery back, uh, well, it's, we're coming up on a year, but about eight, nine months, it'll get better. And listen, I, I had like the full on walker, like the four stand walker oh, and then, you know, <laughs> progressed uh I, I know you're rocking a cane right now take advantage of that man it's uh you don't get to rock a cane very often so uh yeah it's a it's a conversation starter if nothing else yeah i was like pretty against it too and she brought it home from work one day she said her uh, uh her employers like gave this cane to her to let me use for the time being and like i was like ah like i don't think i'll need it like i don't think i want to use it it's you know i don't need a cane at age 28 and then, like, the next day, she was at work, so I had to use it to help me get out of bed and go to the washroom, and I was like, it was a lifesaver. So, yeah, we're hanging on to this thing for a little bit, I think. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, I know you haven't been doing much, so no senior C lacrosse, no announcing. You've just been kind of chilling out, so uh, I'm not going to ask you how your weekend went, <laughs> uh, because you probably don't really have anything to talk about, right? Yeah, let's hear about yours, though. What did I do this weekend? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot here. I don't even know what I did this weekend. Uh, I've been calling lacrosse uh, since Tuesday, as you can probably tell from my voice here. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Game every night. Uh, so I was in a rink a lot. Again, Tino, this is you know pretty much par for the course. A lot of disc golf going on. Took a little trip south of the border midweek. Uh, went and played a couple of new courses down in Washington State. Was a lot of fun. And just been kind of hanging out. Danny was away for the weekend. So I've just been chilling, man. Playing some new vids. I got a PlayStation 5. Whoa. Yeah, that was exciting. I didn't even know you were a gamer. Pe- uh, like, gamers can't even get a hold of a PS5 right, right now. Yeah, How Dan- the hell did you get one? He was on an absolute mission from, like, my birthday in April last year, like, a year ago. 
and then was like, okay, can't get it. Let's shoot for Christmas. Couldn't get it at Christmas. So she's had people like from Sony, from Best Buy, from like all these high ups, like giving her alerts when shipments are coming in. And she, finally, oh my god, yeah, she finally got uh, got it done. So uh, a little PS Five this weekend, which is super exciting. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the WLA here coming up as it was an action-packed week. Uh, what else do we got? We got Stampede Stallions coming up here. Big focus, of course, in period number one. We're going to welcome back uh, lacrosse superstar Pat Gregoire in period two. At least I hope we are. I think Patty's going to clutch up and, and come on here as we're in a bit of a... Bit of a scramble drill here this week. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm, you know, going every night, and it just uh, I haven't really been all that focused on on the pod this week. To be quite frank with you, I almost just said, you know what? Let's take a week here. With that being said, I really kind of pride myself on cranking this thing out every single week, and I got real no excuse. Like we were kind of. St- we're all over the place here, kind of getting ready for this week. But we're here. We're glad you are, too. So, Gregoire, Tom Borelli winner, Pat Gregoire coming up in period two. Evans back in period three. Lax glass locks. I, I got to check on the CFL parlay. I don't even know if it came through or not. That's how off the grid I've kind of been. Uh, and we got uh, report cards, of course. Brought to you by Stampy Tack and Western Wear as well. So lots to talk about here, Tino. And I don't know uh, where where we should begin here. I guess we'll just hop into it and get into the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus this week, Tino. As we saw the week previous, the Canadian men winning the gold medal down there at the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, as they took the USA to the proverbial woodshed, Tino, with a 23-9 victory in the gold medal game. Uh, at the World Games, man. And then it was the ladies' turn. I didn't get a chance to watch this, but I can't say I'm all that surprised as the women won the gold medal as well. Double gold for Team Canada. How about it uh, down there in Alabama? Yeah, we're a sixes nation now, I think. As uh, I, I can't remember who I saw tweet that out, but yeah, I don't know. I, like, I first of all, congratulations to everybody, and not even just the gold medal winner, gold medal winners. Um, like everybody included involved in this thing, it was incre- incredible. Tournament. Japan, how about Japan? Japan? I was just gonna say, unbelievable. Like that's so sick, especially with this being the format that is more than likely going to be what we're seeing in the Olympics. Like, it's great to see a little bit of. You know, like controversy. Oh, or nobody, hap- nobody happier than world lacrosse seeing Japan pick up a bronze. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, just, just for the sake of being completely transparent, like I'm, I consider myself one of those people that coming into this tournament, like I haven't been a hundred percent sold on sixes yet. As um, yeah. I just, you know, like, again, just for transparency's sake, I, I do find it a little bit gimmicky and I am a little bit, 
not upset, but I just wish that if this is the format they're going with, like just go with box across. What's the issue with going with box across on a, on a, it's the boards and the facilities, Tino is that for the, sure. the supporting countries around the world just do not have the opportunity to get boards and get in inside and, and have the facilities to play box lacrosse. I, yeah. Again, I, I go back to it, and I still want to talk to the players that played it and get their take from the people that actually played the game to see what they think about it. But for me, there's like there's some tweaks that definitely need to happen. We kind of talked about this. Like the nets need to shrink down a little bit. I don't know what else they need to do here, but it's just it's glorified backyard lacrosse essentially, yeah. where. Like, what did you think was going to happen when you put a bunch of box players in a big field with a huge goal? And, like, of course Canada's going to be good at this. Yeah, and that's – you're sort of, like, echoing, like, exactly what my thoughts were. That, like, yeah, obviously Canada won. This They're playing box lacrosse with – bigger nets and less pads on the goalie like (laughs) no long poles and yeah and but like i said like coming into this like i I was trying to come into this tournament with a with a more open mind because you know like i can like yell at the wall as as long as i want to about like ah god it should have been box across or whatever in the olympics like it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen so you know like why not give this like a real opportunity and give like an honest opinion back i i completely i think it was evan that said it originally or it might have been you that said the nets need to be smaller mm. completely agree with that because when you're having in a gold medal game what was the, what did you say the final score was like 23 to 9 23 to 9 yeah it was like, like 7 1 after the first quarter and they just never looked back and again usa i don't think brought their a team if totally. you can see the air quotes there like no blaze reared in there was a bunch of guys that you're kind of thinking like, where's this guy? Where's this guy? But they weren't there and Canada, you know, they, they brought, they brought who they thought their best chance to win the world games were. And, and they showed it like it yeah, showed, they, it showed. I think if, I think if USA brings their best, that is a much closer game, but they didn't. And it wasn't. Yeah. And so, like I said, like, I think we can look at this as an opportunity to see like where adjustments need to be made because I don't think anybody wants to see a gold medal game in the Olympics with a final score of 23 to nine. Like, no. like obviously congratulations to everybody, but Japan and England went result, to overtime in the bronze, yeah, that's which was, what you want. it was, that was actually exciting, right? Because you knew it was coming down to one possession and it was a little helter skelter and it was a, it was kind of really exciting to watch. And like I said, I didn't. Yeah, we'll talk to Evan in period three because I know he did get a chance to watch the women's play, and I just didn't. I just didn't have the time to do it. So I don't know how entertaining or not entertaining that was or even how close the the gold medal game was. Did you see a score from the women's gold medal? I didn't. I just saw that they won. I, I think I saw that it was a two-goal game. I'm pretty sure it was like significantly closer, but I also thought that I read this morning when I was waking up, scrolling through Twitter, that – there's some controversy, like the goal count was was off, or somebody miscounted on goals, or something. But yeah. I don't know that that could also be like somebody reaching at straws or grasping at straws or whatever to try to get a result changed. But I just hope at the end of all of this, now like everybody takes their like whatever couple minutes to to bask in the glory of like what a great success this was, and we're moving forward towards the Olympics. But once that's done. I hope that everybody involved is able to take a step back 
and take an honest look at everything and say, these are the things that can be adjusted in the, from the game to even the broadcast as well, because Ugh. as, as you know, the broadcast was fine, but there's obviously it, a lot Tino? of things. Was it, I mean, the, okay. the I gold mean, medal game for the men, these guys were so pro America that it was, it was not. Nice okay. Yeah. I agree there. I, I was more so meaning like aside from the commentators, I was more so meaning about like the, the production. Yeah. The production. There yeah, you no, go. That That's was right. fine. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the opinion. I, it's fine. I guess I 100% agree with that. Could be I, so that's part of what I hope that people can take a step back and say like, okay, this is what went well. This is what needs to change. And in terms of the broadcast itself, like you mentioned, maybe let's call Tom Schreiber, Captain America, like 10 less times than <laughs> they did in the gold medal game. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. I, I fully agree with, with all that. So, um, yeah, I you know, if they do step back and take a little time and have some honest evaluation about what was good, what wasn't so good, what was okay, and really evaluate themselves and, and be open to a couple more tweaks here, I think they could be on to something. And like I said, this isn't just for diehard lacrosse fans that love box lacrosse or love field lacrosse. This is for the entire world and growing the game and making it the most accessible thing that they can to all these nations and TV and the IOC and all of it so we can get lacrosse in the Olympics. That's the end goal. Yeah, I'm with you. And the only thing, the, the last thing that I'll say is in the last Summer Olympics, I was surprised to see that the, one of the events that was added was three versus three basketball. Mm. And they already got watch, basketball. Like, what do you? But my point with that is that was the most gimmicky thing I have ever watched in my entire life. That was literally the basketball that we played in like elementary school <laughs> where you have to take it past the three point line for right. your possession. And then you just throw up bricks the entire game. That's what we were watching. <laughs> I just hope that people give lacrosse an honest opportunity here, even with this new format, I hope they give it some time to breathe and develop and don't turn this into three versus three basketball, please. Yeah. Because we all want this to succeed. I mean, crowds are pretty good. I'll say that. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. So some people were, you know, that probably have never watched the sport before took to it. And we're kind of like, Whoa, look at this. So there you go. Big focus. Sixes lacrosse shout out to both the men and the women's national teams for bringing home the gold in the inaugural world games with lacrosse in it. Pretty spectacular stuff, and uh, you love to see it. Tino, that is the big focus. You know what's coming up next, partner. Mount up. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. Am I allowed out of this one because I'm I'm recovering from surgery? Oh, oh, oh. Dalek wouldn't do it. He I just know. straight up refused. Which if was, he can't uh, do it, I mean, give me one. Just give me a little one. Nay. <laughs> that was like the that sounded <laughs> it, like, like it hurts to laugh. That man. sounded like uh, I'm going to sleep now. Nay. Oh my god! I wish somebody would put me to sleep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
All right, Stampy Tack and Western Wear Stables for this week's Stallions of the Week. But before we get into that, i got to let you know that they carry a wide selection of Carhartt hoodies, jackets, T-shirts, ball caps, and more. Are you tired of spending your good money on a belt? Only to have it last a few months? Do not do that, Tino. Don't do it. Go to Stampy Tack and Western Wear where they have the best belts in the country. Full grain leather that lasts. That's what you need out of a belt. Be sure to visit Stampede Tech out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Or you can shop online for a belt. Stampede.ca. We're shopping online. is still shopping local. Uh, Tino, you're, you're the co-host. You get to go first. Who are your, well, tell me who your stallion of the week is. Yeah, uh, I should also say I do still have to make my way down. Yeah, you uh, do. You're running out of time here, Tim. I know, but I got a whole bunch of time on my hands right now. So maybe I'll be able to make my way down there this week if I can get myself to I'll go with you if you want. Oh, okay. Make a little field trip out of it. I can use a new belt. Uh, Uh, so I'm going a little off the, well, not off the board. I'm breaking the rules a little bit here because I'm going to do two stallions of the week in one call collectively. I like it. Go for it. So I'm going across the water to the land of Victoria, the Teddy Jenner land. And I'm going to pick up the King brothers, mm. Jesse and Marshall King, who went off last night for <laughs> 21 <laughs> points between the two of them. Jesse, eight goals, five assists. Marshall went two and six. Jesse had 20 shots on goal last night. Just ridiculous. And so I got to step into your shoes. Uh, was it like last weekend or something? I yeah, how about Victoria's. that? Uh, we didn't yeah. get a chance to talk about that barn burner buzzer beater. Yeah, so that was a game. Like I was really excited to be able to watch Jesse and Marshall live, but Jesse wasn't playing. It was just Marshall. Yeah. But even him alone, just incredible. And I think he's sort of, he gets kind of overshadowed by the stats this year specifically that Jesse's putting up, but everybody's man, Mar- getting overshadowed by the stats sure. that yeah. Jesse's putting up. But man, Marshall King is an unbelievable talent. He's almost a better passer than he is a shooter, but he's still putting up these crazy numbers in general. So yeah, the King brothers together, they're my, they're my stallions for the week, but just two players, 21 points. is just ridiculous. Well, Jesse King right now, is on some kind of heater. Let's not forget Jesse deciding to stay and play for the Shamrocks instead of going to play for the Chrome this year. And just to give you an idea, Marshall King sitting at 53 points, which is level with Dane Doby. Ever heard of him? Uh, Curtis Dixon has 58, who is in second place in the WA scoring race. Jesse King has 77 points. That's wild. Ridiculous. That he's that far out ahead of number two, who's Curtis Dixon. Like, it's not, you know. And how about Hayden Dixon, no relation, leading the entire WLA in goals with a 30-burger as a rookie, which, you know, that's impressive in its own right. But Jesse King, 77 points through, I don't even know how many games, let me tell you. Tino, get your calculator out here. 12 games. Tell me what he's averaging here. 77 points in 12 games. What's the math on that? Like seven a game? Eight a game? Basically six and a half a game. Pretty good. Pretty good. So, King Brothers. Yeah, Marshall. Let's not forget, he's now a member of the Vegas Desert Dogs as well. No longer a roughneck. 
So he's not playing with Jesse anymore in Calgary. But he is in Victoria in the Shamrocks, who won 23-5 to last night over the Lakers, are now back in first place with a 9-3 and record. Adnax right behind them at 9-4 and as they beat the Timbermen this week. T-Men, I think, went 1-1 one and one this week with a win over Langley and a loss to Coquitlam. Thunder, they played three games this week. They went 2-1 and one as they lost in Nanaimo, beat Maple Ridge and Burnaby. They're at 8-5, and five, sitting in the fourth spot. Belly, 6-8 and eight and fifth. Then you got the Lakers and the Berards down at the bottom of the standings. They're missing the playoffs. But it's all going to come down to New Westminster and Langley, I got to believe. And guess what, Tino? Those two teams play Thursday night at Queens Park Arena. Buckle up. That is going to be a good one right there. And speaking of those new Westminster Sandbellies, they essentially kept their season alive on Thursday as they hosted the Victoria Shamrocks and did it without the services of Zachary Higgins, who is back east getting married. Congrats to Tendy Bear, by the way. So Neil Tyak stands in between the pipes. I don't know how many career starts Neil Tyak has in the WLA. I want to say it's definitely less than 10 and maybe even less than 5. He's been around. Like, he's been a career backup. He kind of plays a couple years. Then, you know, they'll bring somebody in and he goes to play senior B or whatever. But as far as starts go, he just hasn't done it. But he did on Thursday night and he took on the Victoria Shamrocks and comes up with a first star performance with seven goals against a save percentage of 873 and an 11-7 victory over Victoria, which essentially kept their season. Like, they lose that game, it's over for the Bellies. Now they still have their own life support here a little bit, but they're still in the mix here. And like I said, that big game coming up against Langley on Thursday is going to be a jam. And I don't know, you know, Higgy away for the team for a good week, week and a half. He might even be on his honeymoon now. I don't know what's going on there. But I don't think New West has to worry. Like, throw Tyak back into the net after that performance against Victoria. What do you got to lose? Yeah, and especially coming up now with, like you said, their their biggest game of the year, like uh, a, less than a week away now. Um, it sort of takes me back to, we've talked about it before, but or, like in the NLL season when, Chris Irregulari had to step in for San Diego yeah, and then Getty. and then Getty had to step in for San Diego. And it's sort of that mindset when oh, you're the defense where, you know, you kind of got nothing to lose here. You have a goalie that's, I mean, in San Diego's case, in those circumstances, unexperienced, but in this case with, uh, with the salmon bellies, not unexperienced, but you know, you don't really know what your expectations are there. So you're just going to go out and you're just going to lay it out, out all on the floor for this guy. And once he starts making a few saves as the game rolls along, like you get a little more confident. And now all of a sudden, every defensive shift is that much more important to, like I said, lay it out on the floor for this guy. So, yeah, I think you're bang on if if they've found something in this guy. And then also once Higgins comes back, if they if they continue to roll with him, that's a pretty good one two punch if they can roll with a little bit of confidence into yeah. the postseason. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, let's get you a bit of a junior update here as well, Tino, as uh, BC Junior A playoffs are well underway now. 
And uh, what do we got? We got the Langley Thunder with a bit of a shocker here, Tino. Up to nothing against Nanaimo. Remember, Langley had to play the quarterfinal against uh, who they play against. They played against New Westminster, who essentially they, you know, took all their best players at the trade deadline. Bit of a wacky situation there. As New West, I don't think, thought they were going to make the playoffs. So they essentially sold off all their high-end assets and their graduating players to Langley and then end up making the playoffs in a tiebreaker with Delta on, like, goals for or against or something like that and then get absolutely pasted in game one of the playoffs, do the bellies, like 26-2, to two, and they just folded up, said, okay, we're done. You win. Surrender. Yeah, which I, I don't, really, uh, I don't really blame them. No, I you know they're very very shorthanded, and it was it was just a you know it was it wasn't a good luck, but not no. not a good situation there either. So Coquitlam gets past Burnaby, Langley gets past New West. So it's the Adnacks and Shamrocks, and the Shamrocks have won both games ten five eight seven yesterday in Coquitlam. So they're on the brink now. Are the Adnacks, as are Nanaimo, as Langley winning both games of the first two in that series as well. And now are one win away from a BCJ final, potentially against Victoria. And one of those teams is going to the Minto Cup. And like I said, we're going to talk to Pat Gregoire about what's going on in Junior A Lacrosse in the East. A little MSL check-in as well. Senior B update should probably get this in as well as Victoria and North Shore will play a semifinal series. And Ladner will take on the winner. Ladner has not lost a game their you know goals against is like three and a half averaging for the opponent Tyler Pace won the scoring title and uh whoever they were supposed to play in in their semifinal just said no no we're good we're good <laughs> you just just go so most likely North Shore Ladner final here for a birth to the President's Cup in senior B but there you go uh Marshall Jesse and Neil Tyak, welcome to the stable. We're putting three stallions in this week. Uh, congratulations, boys. Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Stampede Stallions of the Week right there. And that's also period number one here on EP193. We'll take a break. We'll get to period two and talk to Mr. Tom Borelli, lacrosse superstar, Pac Reguar on the other side. Stick around. Associated Labels and Packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Tawani Joseph, head coach of the Nanaimo Timmerman. You're listening to Last Class, Oichika. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into period number two here. Just heard from Associated Labels and Packaging. You know those guys. Best in the business, labels, packages, environment, fleet technology. They got it all down there at ALP. Associated LP, labels and packages.com is where you find them. 40 years of experience. There's nobody better. Uh, these guys are making it happen, too. They're making it stand out, is Rycor Construction. This interview brought to you by Rycor Construction. They make it stand out. Check them out Instagram, Facebook. Uh, go to the website, www.rycorconstruction.ca. Interior, exterior, kitchens, bathrooms, floorings, decks, fences, 
lots of experience, quality craftsmanship, and uh, an exceptional client experience, which at the end of the day is maybe the most important thing. Got to enjoy your experience. Rycourt, uh, back on the pod here. It's lacrosse superstar, Pat Gregoire. Tom Borelli winner, Coolback Canada, Ironheads coach, play-by-play man, color analyst. He does it all. Pat Gregoire. Patty, welcome back to Lax Class. How's it going? It's going, Jumbo. Thank you. You're making me blush here, man. Uh, high praises, uh, probably not all deserved, but okay, hey, I'll take it. Welcome take to the, the club, bro. We I haven't talked it. since then. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, man. I, I knew it. When, when I saw the nominations, I'm like, this is Patty's year. He's been the guy, and uh, sure it was. Uh, congrats, man. Uh, welcome to the club. You, the robe is in the mail, I think. You get a robe, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I could use a robe. So, uh, no, in all honesty, man, it's a, it's an honor. Uh, it was it made it a little more special having a couple of big team guys like you and Geik, who have won before, uh, nominated alongside as a finalist. But uh, you know, honestly, this year was was a blast. It was a dream come true uh, to be able to to bring the game of lacrosse to so many people across Canada and even into the the U.S. with ESPN as well. And we knew how successful you know uh, getting TSN and ESPN um, on the airwaves, yeah. getting it, this game into people's homes. The fact that I was able to to be a small part of it was just just a blessing. And uh, for everyone who voted, I, I appreciate it. And honestly, man, I'm not just saying it. Outside of just us three. I honestly think there could have been five, six, seven other people who are, are very well deserving and long overdue to to win a, a Borelli Award. So I, I hope uh, we can get some some new winners next year uh, and years to come as well. No doubt, man. Uh, absolutely, fully agree with that sentiment right there. I don't know where you want to begin here, Pat. We got lots to talk about. Uh, give yeah. me a. I don't know if I want to open up an old wound here because I really don't know. But uh, are the heads still rolling? The heads, unfortunately, oh, are not man. rolling. We, uh, yeah, we we lost in the first round to uh, the Green Gales, uh, a rival. Always an intense uh, series. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, just didn't go our way. Um, you know, not to pile on the excuse train, but uh, you know, our, our goalie was out, which we thought for the entire season. He ended up coming back for game three. wasn't enough. We got swept, but every single game came down. Uh, to one goal. The last game was uh, uh, two goals, but with an empty netter. Okay. Um, Green Gales ended up getting getting knocked off the next series uh, to Aquasasni. So who's the uh, favorite? Maybe, who's who's repping Ontario in the Founders? Then this is this is the year jumbo. Honestly, I, I, I know it's down to the the final four. But okay, who's left? Teams. Tell me because I have no clue what's going on in in Junior B lacrosse in Ontario right now. I'm not going to lie. So. And no worries. In the East, it's the Far East dominating right now with Nepean and Aquasazne in the Eastern final. Both these teams, great. Nepean has probably been the best team from start to finish. But when you look at Aquasazne's you know, roster on paper and when they're playing the best, it's hard to argue that they're not the best team in the East. Uh, and when you look on the other side with the West, Alora and Windsor, very similar situation from start to finish. Alora has been pretty much the team to beat in the West, but uh, Windsor has certainly started to pick things up. So if I had to pick, call it, final, yeah, give I me, a, I, yeah, do it. I, I I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Pian, 
Over Aquasasne in five. I think the other series will go five as well. Alora's coming out of the West. And I'm going to go with Nepean. I think Nepean's going to win it all. They have the defense. They have the coaching. Their goaltending is phenomenal. Um, and it's long overdue. This Nepean program, man, yeah. has developed a ton of talent. Uh, they got to be junior A soon, to, don't they, Pat? They have to. They have to, and there's been rumblings that they are going to be. I just don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. So it would be awesome in one of their last years as a junior B program to get a Founders Cup. Uh, I'll be honest, Jumbo, I would be perfectly fine with them going to junior <laughs> That's kind of how it happens, though, right? You have, like, a dominant junior B season. And, listen, Teddy and I at the Survivor's Cup there last year got a chance to see Nepia and their U19 guys anyways. And talking with the, the people around the rink and stuff, they're saying, like, it's just a huge blossoming organization that has a ton of minor numbers, and a ton of talent that are coming out of that Ottawa area now that are ready to make the jump. Exactly. And you, you mentioned the minor numbers. That's something that is the outlier here in Ontario, all other programs. No, I shouldn't say all, but most programs they've been struggling to get their numbers up and struggling to put uh, multiple rep teams in, you know, every single age division. This is a, you know, an organization that is just flourishing right now. And you look even, yeah, junior B, they've been great this year and years past, but look at in junior A, all the talent and look in the NLL, all the guys that have gone through that program, mm -hmm. look at the firths, um, you know, Fox, Ty Thompson, Fox, like this program is an absolute no wagon. And, even if you look at, and if you look at Gloucester, they, they are as well, uh, with maybe not the team success, but they've developed some talent. So what I think probably will happen is Nepean would get a junior A team and then Gloucester would keep their junior B team. So the guys that don't make that junior A team, yeah. Gloucester would that, and it would be a perfect marriage because then you still have junior B ball in, in capital region. And I think it would be a perfect feeder system. I know there's a lot of guys that probably would puke uh, at the thought of them wearing a Gloucester jersey and yeah. vice versa, some Gloucester guys freaking out that they'd be wearing an Apian jersey. But for overall growth of the game, not just uh, in the capital region in Ottawa, but for all of junior A lacrosse, I think this is the move that has to be done. And then you have to think, well, if they're getting a team, someone out there needs to as well. And the rumblings is maybe Aquasasne gets a team back as well. Yeah. And they are a team that has, you know, just been so strong in junior B. They get unbelievable crowds. Uh, the, the Indians, their support for that team is amazing. And you saw it with the Survivors Cup. Yeah. Uh, they are a, you know, all class Organization. Oh, they have the best people running running the programs back there, and the Mitchell boys, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, they're yeah. they're they're the best. Well, they're the listen, best. you got some power, you got some sway back there. Make it happen, man. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. hey, if it's it's only going to help the Ironheads' chances when two top teams like that decide to duck out. So I'll, I'll I'll be pushing all my chips in to make that happen. All right. There's Junior B, Senior B. We had Dalek on. He thinks mm -hmm. uh, his Oakville boys have got a shot, but Six Nations oh, yeah. is always going to be a, a tough out. Uh, what are you seeing in Senior B? This President's Cup, Pat, coming up in Alberta, maybe the best Prezi we've ever seen. Oh, it, I can't wait, man. And I, I like the Prezies, that's something that I have, have not had the opportunity to go and watch. But when it comes to the stream, like I have my eyes 
all over this tournament. It's so much lacrosse. It's an absolute grind. Mm. Uh, but it, it it's 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 this is the epitome of uh, of senior B lacrosse. Like these guys, a lot of a lot of the guys. I shouldn't say all of them because some of them play the minimum that they can and they get into the tournament. But guys are grinding all year long to get to this. And I heard you say this on the pod. Uh, I think last week or maybe the week before. I think it's got to be the hardest trophy well, to win. This is just in lacrosse, it. man. This is just it. Is that it's not only like the, when you get to the Prezi, that's that's when the real work begins. But let's not forget that these guys are going through a full regular season and then probably minimum of two rounds of playoffs. And then they get to the President's Cup where they're playing like eight games in six days or seven <laughs> days or something like that. And the Woodies are out. And, you know, this is not your your patty cake type of lacrosse here this is big boy stuff and it it's a taxing like most guys can't do it right like there'll be at least one game where guys will be like okay this is the game i'm taking off and they'll sit a few guys and they'll get guys back in because you just can't go that hard for that many days in a row at a tournament like that and isn't it true jumbo that sometimes it's not the team that has the best roster that wins and a lot of time it's not it's the team you know, it's a, it's a war of attrition. It's yep. a team that knows how to play that senior B style. And maybe there's one or two guys on your roster that's on an NL roster, but sometimes it's the guys that you've never even heard of who jump onto the scene and, and then they get an NL trout, or maybe sometimes the only time you hear their name is when you're watching the Prezies. And that's the beauty of senior B lacrosse, yeah. but uh, to go, to go back what you're saying, yeah, who's coming out on, I think again, you you said the two teams that I think everyone's got their eyes on. You know, the Rivermen have been a wagon for many years, but I think with Oakville, with now them getting guys, you know, dropping down from mm-hmm. senior A to senior B, like like Q is playing. He's not playing every night, but Andrew Q is going to be there. The roster is good. Nick Rose uh, is on this roster, so I think when all is said and done, when they get their full supply uh, of a roster put together. I, I'm gonna lean with Oakville, but okay. Six Six Nations been doing this for how long? Well, it would not shock me if that's they it, their right? I, I think, like you mentioned, teams that have been there and done that usually yeah. do so much better than teams that are at the at the tournament for the first time. Whether it be because guys show up and they want to have maybe a little too good of a time while they're there, kind of vacation yeah. style, but teams that have been there year after year know what it takes and know how to get it done. So. We'll see. Oakville Six Nations uh, coming out of the East and uh, expect to see Ladner there from the West. Of course, oh, yeah. you got St. Albert oh, hosting. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Aguasasne may be there from uh, Can Am. You got Tri Tri City. Like it's, uh, you get teams that you've just never even heard of before sometimes showing up. And, and sometimes it comes down to like the last couple of days, like, yeah, we're coming. And then the schedule gets all like, you know. So <laughs> we'll see how it all plays out. That gets going August the 28th, I want to say, from Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be there for that, baby. I can't wait. Um, all right. We've done Junior B, we've done Senior B. Let's move on to Junior A. I know you you've been calling a couple of games, and uh, you were you were whining in the chat the other day about how hard it was to call <laughs> games alone. Listen oh, here, Pat Gregoire. Uh, I'm just coming off a six in a row, and I think I'm into like my thirtieth game of the summer here. But so no more whining. Um, what what's on the deck uh, this week? I think you're heading to Peterborough, and and 
give me the update on, like, I know Whitby swept. I know Burlington swept, which was a huge upset, right? The the, the low seed took down the top seed in Mimico. What else is going on back there? Yeah, so, I mean, we got to start with, with the news of, I guess, the weekend. Uh, Burlington coming out on top, and it's the first time since, what, the 50s, I think, Paul Tucka tweeted out uh, on Monday morning that a team – an eight seed really swept wow. the, the number one seed in Ontario. And I think it was the, you know, the first time since 18 uh, that the first seed has even gotten knocked down. And that was when funny enough, the Burlington chiefs who had that really impressive team uh, lost to the Toronto beaches in round one in game five. So now is that Danny uh, Mack in the gang there at Burlington? Is that, or is it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. That's them. And the, and I think, yeah, it is a surprise because Mimico, when you talk to a lot of people, they were the heavy favorites to come out. I shouldn't say heavy, but they were one of the favorites to come out of Ontario. Uh, they've been a very strong program for many years now. And you look at Burlington, you know, they kind of coast through the season. But uh, Jonathan Donville actually did a really great article uh, on the OJ website talking about, you know, maybe, yes, this is a huge surprise. But their record really didn't show what type of team they were. You know, they were a plus 36 goals for against, uh, they. I think, which put them in about fifth. So their record really didn't show what they were. And a lot of guys, uh, you know, were coming late from school. So they didn't really have that roster. And they struggled to score five on five. Uh, but their power play has has really carried them in the last half of the season into the postseason. And of course, their goaltending and coaching. I mean, coaching plays a big role as well. And sometimes, Jumbo, you know, sometimes you just have a team's number. And that yeah. certainly was the case for Burlington. They, they, they played well against them in the regular season and then coming to the playoffs, you know, they sweep them. And would if you told me at the start of the series, hey, Burlington's going to win, I'd be like, I could see that, but I don't know. Yeah. To say that they were going to sweep Mimico, Forget I it. tell you, you are crazy. <laughs> Absolutely not. All but, right, so Burlington's through. They're Pat Mimico out. Whitby, who'd they beat? So Whitby beat St. Catharines uh, three straight. So Steve Toll uh, loses to his good buddy and Hall of Fame class member in Sean Williams. But Ouch. the Warriors... Impressive ro- roster. Uh, okay. Their offense has been great all year long. Brock Haley, one of the best goal scoring seasons we've seen in the history of really? Ontario Junior Lacrosse. 74 goals in 16 games played. Like this kid is legit, Jumbo. He is a pure goal scorer. Give me but the last name night, again. Give me the name again. Brock Haley. You'll, Brock you'll be hearing his name okay. uh, quite a bit on this potential run, maybe. Uh, to uh, a mental cup. So he's a guy that I, I got a lot, uh, saw him a lot when he was playing with the Green Gales and Junior B, and he's kind of worked his way up. Great player, but it's more than just him. Like Dyson. they've got some great pieces around. Uh, their defense is is real strong, solid enough goaltending, and again, good coaching. So they made short work of St. Catharines, and it's kind of a, a you know interesting couple other series. The Beaches, they're tied 1-1 right now with Peterborough as we record. They're up uh, in Peterborough tonight. That series, certainly a lot closer than a lot of people thought. And then Orangeville and Oakville. Oakville had Orangeville on the ropes. Uh, Orangeville goes into the track. Uh, and they and this is a, a score that you just don't see. I saw this anymore. score. What five, five three? three. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's ridiculous. Absolutely. That's so absolutely. so uh, they're I, two I, one I, in that series then? 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I believe it's Tuesday night um, at Tony Rose, uh, an opportunity for this young Orangeville team that I've been impressed with them, man. Like uh, you, you guys have waxed poetically about trade here, but uh, I mean, how could you not? This guy is a man. Uh, he is going to be a super special, special player. Yeah. He's a superstar. But Jameson Bucktooth as well. Uh, he's been great for them all season long. Um, Leah Matthews, another kid that I, I really enjoy watching as well. But when you look at this roster, it's it's young. Like this is a team. That yeah, this is isn't really compete. supposed to be their year, but they're going to get that experience, even if they don't make it too far these games and these playoff games and experience that they're getting right now is going to serve them very well into their formative years when they're third, fourth, fifth year guys, right? A hundred percent. And even last season in that shortened season, they decided, they said, well, I, I don't think we have a chance to win. So all their quote unquote overage years of players or the guys that, you know, technically weren't supposed to be playing with that granted the extra year, they dumped them off to other teams. They said, listen, you know, this Go is our year. Win. Let's yeah. Let's try to get let's try to get some picks. Let's try to get some, you know, some some assets. And that's what they did. And they've done a tremendous job drafting like those names that I mentioned. Of course, when you think of Orangeville, you think of all the homegrown talent that they have. But they've done a good job bringing in guys, you know, from Aquasasne, from Kanawaki, from other centers um, in Ontario. And it's not just the homegrown talent. Yes, of course, they do have that as well. But they recognize now. Got you know, this is takes a little more. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and they're a young team. This is exactly, uh, you, you nailed it on the head. This is, yeah, even if they do lose to Oakville and they, they force five games, that's going to do so much develop for their development and to recognize how difficult it is. Because when you play for Orangeville, um, you know, you're just used to winning. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in your blood. Yeah. When you get up to junior A and you find out, okay, this has got to be a little bit harder. You learn that it's not going to be just a Minto Cup berth every single year. You're not going to win an A championship every single year, right? So this and is that good. pressure they, is there from that organization and all oh, yeah. the guys that have come there before him too to, to live up to that expectation, right? No doubt. And when they're playing the games, they're one of the – I don't want to say one of the few, but one – when you go to a game in Orangeville and you look up in the stands, you're seeing a lot of alumni yes. every single well, game. Well, that's just because there's nothing else to do in Orangeville. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't going to be the one to say it's it. It's Boston Pizza or the Northman game, and usually it's BP after the Northman game. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, either way. So, all right, call it. You got Whippy. You got Burlington in. And then who's coming out of the other two? Who's meeting in the final? And who's going to rep? The Minto Cup. Minto Cup is in Brampton, right? And yes, it's a neutral site. So two Ontario teams are getting in. Yes. So yeah. whoever so meets who, in the final is in. Yeah. And they, they've made it evidently clear that I think the two Ontario teams are okay with punting the Ontario finals as yeah. it's only a three-game series. Yeah, so, hey, That's what BC did it well, too. Right? I have yeah. no issues with that whatsoever. Neither do I. So I think, I think the beaches are going to turn things around. They'll beat, they'll, they'll beat Peterborough in that first round. And I think I'm going to call it, I think Orangeville will upset Oakville and knock them off in five. Now though, I think the two teams that we will see in the finals will be Whitby and the Toronto beaches. I think the beaches well, okay. get to a Minto cup. Uh, they've got the goaltending. They have one of the best players in the league in Willem Firth. Uh, he is a special player. You 
have to see this kid play. He is something, something special. Uh, and then the Warriors, I already talked uh, about how good they are as well. So I think those are the two teams. Okay. But it would not, it would not surprise me uh, if any of those other teams, because this is the first year, Jumbo, in Ontario, where I don't see one or two teams, and Clear I say cat. they're so they're so much better than everyone else. Yeah, the teams that are remaining, it would not surprise me if they found themselves in the Ontario and no disrespect to the Northmen whatsoever because I got a lot of good buddies there and and they are the class of junior lacrosse in in Ontario and maybe Canada for that matter Mm -hmm. but it would be very nice to see some new blood like I think Victoria is probably going to make it Victoria or Langley the way it's looking out here in BC so it's not going to be the purple and gold that you normally see at the Minto Cup in Coquitlam and I think it would be great for the sport as a whole to see some new teams, some new logos, some new jerseys at the Minto Cup. There's no doubt. And, uh, like, you look at a team like Whippy, yeah, they've been there before, but it's been a while. So that would be nice. Yeah, but like I almost a decade, this. right? Uh, and that, and that's an eternity for, for Whitby. Right. Yeah. But I like a team like Oakville, like this is an expansion team from just a few years ago, what they have been able to do over the past few years uh, to turn this team into a, a legit contender is remarkable. The beaches, they're an old franchise, but let's be honest, they haven't been successful for a very long time. This was the most successful regular season that the organization has ever had. So, and even a Burlington team, they've been so close, uh, but they haven't been able to get over that hump. So it'd be, it'd be even cool to see the chiefs uh, go all the way, uh, get to an Ontario final, get to a Minto. And I love that staff. You already mentioned Danny Mack, like they're another organization where the alumni does a great job giving back. You look at that bench, you look at their front staff. It is all guys that have played at the top level, but they remember what organization they came from. Yeah. And that's the way you do it, man. That's the way you have success. As we speak here with Patty Gregoire on lax class and still more things. Uh, listen, MSL, a lot of shit went down here prior to the season <laughs> let's just say that and it'll be a little bit different next year as well but you lucky bums there in Ontario have the the luxury of having the Minto and the Man Cup back east this year I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself in September but and the founders oh god what is going on with that <laughs> no anyways idea. anyways uh four team <laughs> league there for major series and it's looking like Peterborough Six Nations here. Is that is that as simple as that? It's going to be one of those two teams, Pat. I hate to say it because, you know, Brooklyn's been a nice little surprise so far, although they're still three, four, and one, but they're young. Like you look at their roster, they are, are super young. Dyson Williams has been uh, outstanding, leading the league in points. Ryan Lanchbury, not too far behind. Kyle Waters, I think Chris Bucci's playing with them this year. And even a guy like Sean Wesley, who uh, has, has been a nice surprise as well. But when you look at their roster and stack it up against once Peterborough gets all their guys playing and Six Nations, who has really not you know missed a beat, regardless, even when they don't have... You know, when, when the sixes, the, the world games was going on, they were still winning games yeah. and they were playing with some rivermen in their lineup. They were playing with some of the junior A call-ups and they still were just rolling. So heating up. I, they're heat. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Well played. They're heating up um, and they're showing no signs of slowing down. And it is the usual suspects, but there have been some nice little surprises as well. Like 
you look at the roster right now, Jamison, Bomberry, Stotts, uh, Randy Stotts, all near the top uh, in their scoring. But uh, I heard Jamie Dowick talk about um, Doug Jamison, man. He has been like virtually unbeatable some nights. And when you put a, a big rig in the net with the big stick, like on the smaller nets, dude, like, and now that he's, now that he's like know, gotten himself fit. into great shape, yeah. like, yeah. Good luck. Man, the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, no doubt. So, call it. I mean, I don't... I, the, the allure of ILA and the history and all the rest of it, I'd be just fine with a man cup going down on, on Six Nations. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it gets any better than a man cup at Peterborough with the packed Mem Center and, and all that. Yeah, you know what? It's... I, I My... I also... I think, I think this is Six Nations year okay. to, to do it. I think this is their year to do it. It's just the Lakers. There's a lot of, there's a lot of changes. Um, you know, there's no, no courier, uh, no withers. There's some, some key names like the heartbeats uh, of some of those teams that we've saw. Matthew, is yeah, Matthew's of course. playing for, for the borough. So that's a game changer. He's playing. I don't think he, he maybe has played maybe two games so far, okay. but he'll get his four and get in there. And and he'll get in there, and and it's you know it's a it's a different ball game. But I don't. I just have this feeling. Okay. That Six Nations. This is just. I mean, that's hard to do, to do sometimes, Pat. Right? Like when you got guys kind of coming in, coming out to build that chemistry, get that cohesion. And unlike Six Nations, where all these guys are in the lineup every single night, yep. and they're building, right? And, and that's a big difference. You nailed that on the head, man. Like you you look at Peterborough and you just never know who is going to be in, in the lineup. But when you go to six nations, like year after year, Cody Jamison is the guy that plays the most games for this team. And it's, it's, it's actually so admire, like admirable because like he, there, there's not too many guys that love the game more than him and know how important that organization is to that community. And I just, I just got this feeling, man, that they're going to get it done. And, very similar vibes to the last time they they hosted mm. and they won the man cup because you looked at Peterborough's roster and maybe they had a couple more NL stars, but um, six nations still littered, littered with talent. But I will say if Peterborough wins, we got a, we got a manor in the men's center. I would be totally, totally fine with that as well. Well, listen, Doug Louie, promised me he was bringing me out for the man cup he's not the commission anymore i don't know how tight you are with uh commissioner withers or not pat but i i say me and you saddle up side by side here for the man cup i'm coming six nations or the borough how about it buddy i am absolutely down for that i will i would love it if you need a place if they're gonna maybe cut some costs here, yeah i might just hitchhike if i have to yeah buddy i'm in i i call i called a, a game with teddy now I got to call a game with you, buddy. Let's do it's it. long overdue. Let's, Let's do it. Let's get it done. All right. Uh, one more here for you is you make me all jealous wearing your cool, cool bet swag here. Um, we box been, is coming. It's yeah, coming. no, I, I'm looking forward to it. Tell me what's what's new with cool bet. What uh, what's on the horizon here? I know you were just like in Estonia or something on cool bet headquarters. Like, what was that about? What were you doing in Estonia? And what's uh, new and exciting with cool bet that we can let the fans know here moving forward? Well, uh, you know, I was in Estonia for, for 10 days. That's where our, uh, you know, national head or international headquarters is. And, <laughs> the offshore uh, accounts live. Right <laughs> <there>. yeah. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I was, I was, you know, doing some training. I uh, am the new 
country manager for cool bets so oh a you're bit stepping of a up there all right yes yeah, so uh you know was uh meeting some new folks doing some training kind of learning more of the operational side uh, of things so yeah i was there for 10 days it was awesome estonia really really cool uh country Tallinn is the uh the capital like a, a sneaky underrated um eastern european city it's like right near the so russian close, border right it's right close to russia but across the baltic sea you've got you know helsinki in finland like it's so it's got a blend of all like you know the scandinavian countries yeah, did also, you find did you find a disc golf course back there because i told you i i did i did not which i i actually was looking but i asked someone and they said that uh yeah, it's huge over there. Yeah. Absolutely massive yeah. over there. World championships, but yeah. I, I will say, so obviously, in terms of lacrosse, you got the PLL still going. Yeah. Um, so keep, you know, keep betting on the PLL. Keep riding with uh, the lax class. Who you like parlays. this week, by the way? Because we are we, we recorded period three already. By the way, Tino had to, to skip away, so he wasn't available for the interview. But we already recorded period three. I don't want to give anything away because you're hearing this before you hear that. But who do you like in the PLL? Give me a give me a couple of locks from Pac Rigor. This one's this one's tough because it feels like we haven't seen these guys play in so long. I know. But just at first glance, chaos, uh, you know, getting a goal and a half at minus one hundred three. Mm. Like, is this not the time that the chaos start turning into Pretty chaos? Much. Yep. So I, I like that. Okay. That one jumps off me right there. Um, I think another one that would be worth uh, a possible sprinkle is. The water dogs um, as an underdog, because yes, the Chrome have been great, but they're due for a loss here. They're due for a hiccup. And when a team is red hot, the last thing you want is a bye week and then also an all-star game, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's where I would maybe lean. Okay. In. So take that for what it's worth there. Lax classers. You can listen to Pat Gregoire, or maybe you can listen to us a little bit later, which May have some differing picks. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, full disclosure, open up the odds. Just took a look there. So okay. take it as it is. But I will say before we uh, do get going, yeah. keep your eyes peeled. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we might be, I can't say what, but we might be seeing some odds for another lacrosse mm. league. Yes, you, you kind of tease this to me. I'm not uh, I'm not going to spill the beans here, but uh, and it's, fans and will be It's ex- not odds for the NLL uh, Cup for 2023, <laughs> and you already know the PLL's up. So maybe do, do yeah. some digging, yeah. think about it. Do but some math. There's no more world championships. Uh, there's, I'm just saying. I'm just stay saying. You tuned. might have to wait a couple weeks. Stay, but tuned stay tuned on that. Stay tuned on that. Patty, uh, always good to run you down here on Lax Class. Appreciate the Eastern update. Congrats again on the Borelli. What's going on with OTCB? You guys taking the summer off here? What What's happening there? Well, it was <laughs> it was tough to record in Estonia one because I, I may have been exploring the city, but oh no, also the the time difference is absolutely insane. It's almost you know from BC, it, we're we're talking you know eleven hours. Yeah, I think it's like the so, next day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, no, we'll be back this week. Uh, oh, we, good. I, I will. We'll be back this week. We have one guest locked in. We're waiting for one, but I will tell you, Charlie Ragusa. Um, the goose yeah. Chuck is coming on the program to talk about, uh, you know, obviously the, the sixes and his yeah. experience with the Haudenosaunee's, but also his new position as commission. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw the, this. Uh, U.S. collegiate uh, box. He's, he's so in the commissioner's club now. Yeah. I probably yes, should have exactly. sent out a commissioner's welcome to him being the 
commissioner of the XLL, of course. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so. you, you guys have like a, a world a, a commissioner's <laughs> meeting or convention coming uh, up. Over I, the next I feel month. like Chuck <laughs> is going to rule with an iron fist. Back oh, then. yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Patty, thanks a lot for doing this, man. And uh, keep up the good work. And we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Uh, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks as always. There he is, Pat Gregoire, lacrosse superstar. And uh, I forgot to pay some bills in the third period, so I'm just going to do it now because I like to keep my sponsors happy. That's what keeps this podcast going. And what keeps Stempy Tech and Westernware going? It's people like you, hardworking people, just like lacrosse players. You keep hearing about the selection of boots and hats, And that's because it's true. From coast to coast, they have the best selection available. For work or play, you'll find it at Stampede Tech and Western Wear in Cloverdale, 1966. That's a long time. Stampede.ca, shop online, still shopping local. We thank them so much for their continued support. Break time here on EP193. One more period to go. Evan's back. Report cards. And Lax Glass Locks are coming up. Keep it right here. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Double overtime. Game seven. Mitch Jones into the middle. Got rim. Got a shot. Scores. Mitch Jones puts the bellies into the finals. Stolen by Mike Messenger. Twisting, turning, scoring. They can taste it. Listen to this place again. You know, the Canadian Army could use a tank like Mike Messenger. Time now for the Kings of Queen's Park, brought to you by the newest Minster Salmon Bellies. Behind all of the rings, banners, goals, and points, even behind the great Salmon Bellies players, there lies the man. Husbands, fathers, brothers. It's always been a belly priority that character and community come first. And the Bellies have had just as many Hall of Fame quality people lead off the floor than on it. Let's take Paul Del Monte. He worked in brand marketing and management and helped TELUS and the Vancouver Canucks reach new heights in business, in addition to giving back as commissioner of the WLA. His right-hand man, Ben Helchies, gave back most recently as the Dubs executive director. Former belly player Oliver Marty, a brilliant investor, is a co-owner of the Albany Firewolves and the PLL and has been instrumental in growing box lacrosse in the U.S. with his unique vision. Doug Deschner won a Man Cup with the Bellies, but was also a pioneering Canadian at the NCAA level and has grown lacrosse wherever he's landed, like the Okanagan region of BC and as a board director with the CLA. And what about our humble host? Jake Elliott played for the Bellies and his lacrosse flyer stays lit as one of the premier voices of our sport. Close your eyes and picture watching a lacrosse game and you hear Jumbo's voice, a true grower of the game. Oodles of bellies have become coaches. Countless players have become firefighters and cops. I'd list them all if we had an hour. I'll just say thank you for your service. Being a belly is more than just strapping on the pads. It's about being a quality person, a valuable community member, and a beacon for young lacrosse players everywhere. The current bellies are back at it Thursday night against Langley. Tickets and info at salmonbellies.com. I'm Brad Challoner. That was this week, Kings of Queens Park. We're back. Lax class, third period, EP193. No more breaks. And you just heard right there, Brad Challoner back at it uh, with Kings of Queens Park. Talking about... All the players over the history of the Bellies who have given back to the organization and made it what it is. I 
I think the Orangeville Northmen are the kind of the shining example of alumni and what they do for that organization, not only as an alumni, but then all the guys that have come through there and given back to the Northmen. The bellies are right there with it and a long, long history, of course, in the sport here in BC and giving back to not only the bellies, but to the game as well. And that, I think, guys, you tell me, I... I really think that's what makes our sport so, so special is is that relationship of the top-end guys giving back to the game, raising the youth, and teaching them the ways, and this cycle just kind of continues along. Yeah, I th- as soon as I finished playing junior lacrosse, like a week later, I got a text from somebody asking if I would come back like the following season and coach a minor lacrosse team. And it, it's exactly what you said. Like, once – it's like the common theme with lacrosse is once you kind of get to the top or once you kind of get to an area where you've hit your wealth of knowledge, you, you want to give back to the communities that gave you as much as this game can possibly give you. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. And Evan, I've done some coaching. Tino's done some coaching. I know you're doing some coaching now and, and that's just kind of how it all works. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up Orangeville. The reason that you've got this goaltending Mecca out there is these guys keep coming back, right? Yeah. You got Nick Rose as your goaltending coach. Things are going to be that amazing. And well, let's let's remember here, Evan. We're talking about the bellies, not so much the North. I'm just using that. that as an example. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And yeah, good on everybody for for chipping mm-hmm. in and giving back to the sport, not just with New West, but everybody that has done that over the years. And that is really what makes our sport go around. For more information on the New West, Mr. Salmon Bellies, go to salmonbellies.com. As don't forget, they're back in action this Thursday as they take on the Langley Thunder in what is sure to be a heck of a lacrosse game, a very important one in the standings, and you know both teams are coming to play in that one. Sambellies.com, Kings of Queens Park, giving back, growing the game. Well done to Brad Challoner on that one. As uh, Evan, welcome back. What's going on, man? Uh, I know you're down in Sin City right now, but don't you know people that hear that, oh, Evan's... Evan does Vegas a little bit differently, Tino. Uh, he's <laughs> off the he's off the strip, back in the kind of the suburbs. He's he's not a drinker, so he's not out partying and gambling and and uh, you know the women and all that sort of stuff all night long here. Evan, what are you doing down in Vegas right now? Well, it was a, just an opportunity where the kids were with their mom for a couple of weeks, so I needed to get down here because the last time I was actually in Vegas. You were with me. Oh, yeah. For the, for the <laughs> I, vaguely, I vaguely remember that. Vaguely. Right. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, so literally it was the Seals Mammoth game that we were down here for. And I haven't been back since because of COVID and what have you. Right. And it was kind of a, the condo's probably going to need some maintenance. So it's a good opportunity to get down. The heat is unbearable. There's a good reason why I normally don't come in the summer. Yeah. Like it was. 46 degrees yesterday. It was still 37 at midnight. So it was a little Have you seen any much. have you seen any desert dog stuff down there? Actually, I'm going to meet up with them for lunch sometime this week. Just gotta get introduced to them and Oh good. Yeah. Get uh see how I can help them out. Well, in yeah. and out burger, maybe, or what do you what Oh, do you that know? was the first stop. You know that. Yeah, yeah. 
was. Um, all right, man. Well, what are we doing here? Let, we got to get into it's report card time. Settle down, class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. Uh, report cards. <laughs> it's time for Lax Class Report. I don't know why I find that girl so funny. Evan, you go first. Or do you, Tino, no, you go first. Because, Evan, I know you need a little, little time here. So, Tino, lay on me your report card for this week. Yeah, so I'm going to go House of Positivity this week. Okay. And uh, for, for good measure here, we're going out towards, once again, I'm giving a shout-out across the ferry ride uh, to the Victoria Shamrocks. Big, big island guy this week. Island big boy. island guy this yeah. weekend. <laughs> but uh, we got to give a shout-out to the Victoria Shamrocks, who this Friday – they're uh so it's, i'm gonna give them an a plus that that's gonna be what their letter grade will be but this coming friday july 22nd they have a game coming up against the coquitlam adnax and they're having their stronger together night and so this is going to come directly from their twitter account uh in partnership with the at vic pd canada and at sandwich police we're putting on a game that will honor police and raise money for the stronger together fund for the injured officers in the sandwich armed robbery on june 28th so you guys will remember yeah yeah from a little under a month ago that just like brutal armed robbery that happened in sandwich there so the victoria shamrocks obviously saw this as an opportunity to try to you know make something positive out of a negative try to raise some funds towards something like that and and just try to give back as much as possible and i even saw on twitter this morning donnie and dolly were promoting it they're giving away four tickets to the to the game as well so you know, shout out to Mackie Jenner. I know she's the one that's running the socials for the, mm. for the Shamrocks, and she's just been doing an incredible job all, all season. Yeah, but, WLA too for Mac. And WLA as well, yeah. Um, but to put something together like this in such short notice, and, you know, Victoria has such a strong lacrosse community, and, and they love their Shamrocks without a doubt. So I'm sure that's going to be a full barn that night. I'm sure it's going to be a great event raising money for you know, ultimately like a, a pretty unfortunate situation, but raising money for a good cause here to try to give back to the, to the brave officers that helped fight the good, the good fight there. So yeah. Um, yeah. An A plus to the Victoria Shamrocks and uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll be able to try to get my way over there. So. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It's a good, good time over there, but I'm sure uh, old Jimmer there's got a seat for you in box nine at the Q center. Whenever you want to make your way over there, I might go with you, Tina, when you can Wowie. walk without a cane again, uh, <laughs> just make sure to bring some black mesh with you on the, for the trip, <laughs> <if> you know, <laughs> noted. <laughs> yes. Uh, Evan, your report, a plus for you shamrocks. Nice job over there for the green and white. Uh, Evan, what do you got? Uh, I want to focus back on the sixes and, First off, I don't know who you guys chose the Stallions this week, but... Oh, well, hang on here. Well, well we chose uh, the King Brothers for putting up 21 points on 23 goals, and I okay. gave Neil Tyak uh, a Stallion for beating the Shamrocks as a, you know, kind of got thrust into a starting role mm-hmm. and a must-win game. So Neil Tyak was my Stallion, and we kind of talked about sixes off the top and the big focus and neither Tina nor I were able to watch the women's final. And I know you made a boatload on cool bet 
uh, betting on some sixes lacrosse here. So, from a guy that actually got a chance, like I watched the men's final, but I didn't get a chance to watch the women's final. What did you think of the women's sixes? I actually enjoyed it more, I think, than watching a full women's game. Okay. And perhaps I think the difference is because of the whole the safety rules regarding when and how you can shoot, right? It limited just how many shots could take no, place. So fill so, me in on this because I'm like driving in the dark here. What okay. limiting so, what? So in the, in the standard women's game, you actually have to have a clear lane to the net in some form to shoot. You can't just try and shoot through people. Right. Well, that's um, now in the, in the sixes, they relax that a little bit. The only problem is if you soak somebody with a shot, it's a two-minute non-releasable, and you're and it's a red card, right? So, it's a pretty hefty penalty to, to do it. There's another but, tweak that they need to get rid of. Tino, we're talking about big net, small net. Get rid of the cards, please. Yeah. Like, well, they're so unnecessary. So, yeah. but but the thing was is that the women's games, you didn't see the the twenty twenty five goals all that much. It was it was far it was far better. There's still some tweaks that need to be done to it, but. I enjoyed the women's game better, I think, in a sixes perspective than I do in the regular perspective. Maybe it's just the fact that I haven't watched a whole lot of women's field. Now, tell me this, Sheminauer. Do the women have to use women's field lacrosse sticks? And do they have to throw them down on the ground after they score? Not in sixes. Thank God. But they do have to use women's field lacrosse sticks? Like, they can't use a box stick? No. I don't like that either. No, but um, it was interesting. The first couple games, they were so used to throwing the stick to the ground, they were still doing it. And all of a sudden, goaltender's taking the ball out of the net and firing it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, how right. ridiculous is that? I just, I but, still can't get over that in the women's game. But, um, you know, the the one guy that I would have loved to have seen get a stallion this week, and maybe I can give him an honorary mention, is mm. Yuki Fukushima, who was the oh, Japanese yeah. men's goaltender. Yes, sir. And I mean, this guy, we're never going to get a chance to give him a stallion again. So, you know. Fukushima, welcome to the stable. You're in. Because the Jap- Japan's men's team played in an extremely aggressive offensive style. And he had to keep the fort held down there to get that bronze medal. But overall, I'm going to give the sixes a B, and I know a lot of people were crapping all over that's sixes. A high, that's a high letter grade right there. And a little high. That's a little high. This is this is just box lacrosse in the field. Yeah. Not good. It's not good. I, yes, it needs Nets work. Need, it needs work. B's too high, the Evan. The Nets need to be smaller. Yeah. It's, there are a there's lot of something there. There's something there that they can build off of, but yeah. it's not there yet. So Right. But the thing is, is that keep in mind, this is only the second major competition yeah. that they've ever had this discipline ever, yeah. right? Field lacrosse has existed for, in its current form, for over 100 years. They've had time to refine it. We still have got... Well, that's why I think you're going too high with a B right out of the chute here, Evan. Like, I think a C is probably warranted. The foundation is there. It's just that there are, there's a few improvements that need to be made. It's not anything massive. But there are some really good aspects to it. And I think that if you're trying to grow lacrosse to an international audience, that's really what the goal is here, sure. with, to grow up worldwide. To have a game where you are going to get a goal every couple minutes is going to keep people engaged. The only 
one of the main problems I still kind of see with it is that because of the four face-off rule is that if a team is down two or three going down the stretch, it's very difficult to come back yeah. without the ability to face off and get the, get the next possession. Well, if they added fighting in, that would perk things up a little bit. Well, the IOC would never allow it. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> not. All right, so give me your final letter grade here, Evan. I'm not accepting a B. I'm not. Okay, I'll give you a B minus. How about that? Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it, I suppose. But, I mean, it, it's there. It's, yes, it needs some tweaking, but... It's not going anywhere, right? Like oh, this, this and, is, They've hitched their wagon. And uh, the rest of the world has better be watching what Brody Merrill and John Grant Jr. are doing because they've got this figured out. Indeed. Indeed, they do. How cool would that be? Playing for John Grant Jr. and Brody Merrill. Pretty cool. Um, the other thing that went on this weekend was the PLL All-Star Weekend. And the fans voted on one rule change for the All-Star game, where in the final two minutes of each quarter, goals were worth double. So if you scored inside the arc, it was worth two. If you scored outside the arc, it was worth four. I don't think we saw a four-point goal. Lots of twos, but Team Baptiste absolutely ran away with this thing. And the game was a bit of a stinker in that regard. But it's an All-Star game, and guys were having fun, and, you know, the... The whole production where they can talk to coaches and players and stuff on the fl- on the field, I think, is a great thing. Kind of unique. Get some access there during the game like that. I like that. What I did not like was the skills competition. Did you guys watch this thing? I turned it on and turned it off. <laughs> Man, I. I mean, when you got a fastest shot competition where it's holes. Yeah. Right. Dominating the competition. Well, they had a. What did they do? They had a flat out foot race. Just uh, you know, line it up and see how fast you can run. Which I don't know. I've, like, I was kind of interested to see who the fat Jack Rowlett. I did not have him winning that competition, but there he was. Then they did an accuracy competition. I thought Teat was just gonna peg everything on the first shot. Didn't happen, and I was a little surprised at the the lack of accuracy from some of these guys. Which. You know, you get out there in a big stadium and you're shooting at targets and you're scooping up the ball off the turf and trying to let it fly. It can be a little challenging, but it, uh, the accuracy competition, eh. Goalie competition was what really kind of made me cringe was the whole freestyle competition where they, you know, you try and... I've seen... Yeah, the, 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 they try and do this before and it just does not work in the sport of lacrosse. So I... I like the whole concept of All-Star Weekend, having a game, doing a skills competition, but I also think there's a lot of room for improvement on how to execute that. And people that make a lot more money than me need to figure that out, but it was a little cringy, in my opinion, watching this skills competition. It just, I don't know, made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I and I think, you know, like the, the three of us, I don't think are ever going to like that skills competition or the all-star weekend in general. Cause it's not really for us. Like all-star games, generally speaking are for the younger audience and yeah. the kids that were in the crowd. Like they look like they're having a good time. And stuff All like right. that. But my issue is that it seems to me like the PLL is trying so hard in this regard to be the NBA with their, they got their judges out there with the scorecards and stuff like that. And like, I, you see like, 
Connor Farrell in like a Thor outfit, like chugging milk. Like, first of all, that just hurt my stomach to watch. But like, I don't know, you see guys giving that like an eight or a nine or whatever, like a come on. I mean, like it's a freestyle competition. Like, I guess like it was wild and wacky, like, ooh, he's in a costume and stuff like that. But like Sowers kind of did some cool shit. The the lacrosse aspect of that is like Okay, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> what so, are we doing here? Yeah. But, but uh, the NBA is limited to two two skills events, don't they? The no, no, they got more points. than that. They have, like, an obstacle oh. course and stuff now. And, you know, they incorporate the WNBA into it now. But um, I was going to – I'll give it a C-. minus. I was going to go a little lower than that, but I don't want to be too critical and harsh. So, uh, C- minus for the skills competition – at the PLL. So a little bit of everything this week. Uh, B minus an A plus and a C minus this week for Lax class. Report cards, which are now done, which means we only you got something, Evan? No, I was just saying I think we gotta put Victoria on notice again about that black match. Yeah, question. well I'm, I'm trying to I'm, <laughs> I'm giving him till playoffs to figure it out over there. And then we're coming after him. We're Maple after Ridge, him. New West could figure it out. I think Victoria I think. Victoria can get a black mesh across the ferry. <laughs> well, they, I, mean, I think they probably don't need to. But, I mean, my biggest concern on all that, not to get off topic here, is that it's going to cost either themselves a goal or not a goal. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's something bad in a big moment is going to happen because you got white nets and a white ball. But, again, we'll let that lie here for another couple of weeks and if the shamrocks uh fail to get black netting then we're, we're gonna have a conversation about it here on lax class you can bet your bottom dollar uh report cards are done time for lax class locks it's locked Class Locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Coolbet.com. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. As uh, we did a little CFL parlay last week, you didn't hear the money drop come in there at the end of that soundbite because we did not win. My pick, fellas, Blue Bombers, minus four. Book it. Came through. Flying colors. Evan. The Argos, I was chanting Argos in the background. You weren't listening. You took the Riders. They lost outright. I'm happy they lost. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm sure the people aren't happy they lost their money listening to you. And Jamie Dowick took the Tiger Cats, I think, at minus five, which seemed like a high number for a team that hadn't won a game yet. And they only won by two. So a a stinking one-for-three parlay this uh, past week. We will try and recover. We're getting back to our wheelhouse here a little bit. Lacrosse is back on the menu. PLL is firing back up, second half of the season. And uh, we've slapped one together here for the good folks at CoolBet, who will uh, surely juice this up here a little bit for the people. Search in the search bar, Lacrosse Classified. You'll see the parlay pop up. But only do that after you sign up to CoolBet and use the bonus code LAXCLASS on your first time deposit. Why would you want to do that, you may ask? Because you get free money when you do it. First time deposit up to $200. CoolBet will match you 
They'll give you $200. All you have to do is put in the bonus code when you sign up at coolbet.com. And if you've already signed up, keep your eye on that promotions tab. There was a very nice one there last week. It's gone now, but there was a really nice one there last week that you could have taken advantage of. So keep your eye on it. Promotions, promotions. They're always putting out the promotions at Cool Bets. So here we go. Uh, where do we want to get? Evan, you're you're looking at the, the dogs chrome game here. Yeah, I mean, the water dogs have struggled a good chunk of the year. I've, I'm assuming that Dylan Ward is still not back. I mean, he was on the IR for sixes, still listed on the injury report last week when it came out. So Chrome, keep their hot streak going. Minus 154, give me Chrome on the money line. I like it. Chrome, I mean, that's a pretty good number for a team that's that good. Minus 154 right there. Uh, Tino, you're a big over-under guy here, and you're looking at whips and the chouse. Yeah, I'm just thinking two of the best goalies in the world, two of the best goalies in the league, and Burn Lore and Reardon. Over-under set at 22.5, so I'm going to take the under there. Okay, minus 103 for that. I'm looking at Atlas and Redwoods. Both at minus 10, 110 here on the point spread, the handicap. Jeff T. I just keep coming back to Jeff T. Plus two and a half, minus two and a half, I should say, for the Atlas. The Redwoods have struggled all season long here. And by the way, did you see the slow-mo replay of the one-handed backhand goal from Jeff T? Oh. <laughs> it was too bad of all the things that they didn't <laughs> They didn't in the show middle, that They one. didn't cut to that one. Yeah. We had to rely on somebody on TikTok. Unbelievable <laughs> goal there from Teeter on that one. So give me the Atlas minus two and a half at minus 110. That gets you, uh, well, by the time that Coolbet gets their hands on this thing, it'll be up to around a plus 600. So you're looking at a Coolbet return of 140 on a 20 jumbo buck bet there. Thank us later when you put that cash in your pocket. We got We need a win badly here. We've been on a cold streak like nobody's business here. So maybe if you, you know, you're not feeling it, do the opposite of our three picks. I don't know. If you had seen how well I did with handicaps and world sixes, it's too bad we didn't have yeah, more well, than like one day ahead. Keeping all your information to yourself over there. <laughs> I mean, help a guy out here, Evan. The account is dwindling. I'll just say that. It was really nice, and now it's not so nice. So, uh, time to get back on the window. up a nice reserve for when I come to Vegas, and they'll probably be gone by the time I leave Vegas. And, you know, go. that's the way it works. All right. So, there you go. Atlas minus two and a half. Chaos and Whip Snakes under, and Chrome on the money line. Parlay it up. Coolbet.com. Bonus code LAX class. And, fellas, I think that wraps up another EP of Lax Class here. we got to thank Lacrosse Superstar Pat Gregoire for coming on the pod. we got to thank our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Rycor, Salmon Bellies, Cool Bet, and Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support here on Lax Class. Don't forget, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Hit that subscribe button. Give us a quick review as well. That helps the pod reach more people and 
all that sort of stuff. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Give us a follow on social media as well at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. We got a Facebook page. Email is at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Big breath. Tino is at Ferratino. Evan is at Shemlax. And I am at PXP, the number four sports. We'll be back next Tuesday, every Tuesday, with another episode of Lacrosse Classified. We thank you so much for listening to this one. And that'll do it. For Evan Schemenauer and Tino Fair, I've been Jake Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.